somehow able to bend light. He hunts by seeing our heat. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Now Playing presents the Predator Retrospective Series. I've waited a lifetime for this, and I'm not going to miss the chance. Leading up to the release of Predators July 9th, Stuart, Arnie, and Brock will be watching and reviewing all of the Predator and Alien vs. Predator films. What do you need us for? Because some damn fool accused you of being the best. These podcasts will be spoiler-filled and may contain objectionable language. Listener discretion is advised. Come on. Do it. Do it! Today we're talking about Aliens vs. Predator Requiem, starring Stephen Pascal, Rieko Aylesworth, John Ortiz, and directed by the Brothers Strauss. This is Brock, co-host of Now Playing. Oh, I got confused, guys. I thought we were watching Aliens vs. Predator Rectum. Um, that's the one that I was. This is Stuart in L.A. Requiem. Noun. A mass for a deceased person. A musical composition for such a mass. A hymn, composition, or service for the dead. I'm Arnie, and I'm confused why the fuck this movie's called Requiem. We are now in the second movie of the Aliens vs. Predator combination? Duology? The number two movement of the series? Yeah. <laughs> We've seen the Predator in the city. We've seen them in the jungle. Now we got to see a Predator in a small town. And so I guess we should probably start with a plot summary so we can all be on the same page and then get right into the movie. Arnie? Picking up right where the first Alien versus Predator left off, we have the Pred Alien bursting out of the hero Predator, Joey Fatone, <laughs> from our first Alien versus Predator. I think you're demeaning instinct by, by calling them these things. It proceeds to slaughter all the Predators on the ship, causing the ship, or if you're watching the director's cut, some random lander vessel that comes out of the ship, to crash land in, as Brock said, small town USA. I actually had to look it up. It's Gunnison, Colorado. I don't know if that's a real town or not. I didn't look it up that closely. One Predator tries to set off his arm nuke, but the Predalien kills him before he can. Meanwhile, back on the Predator homeworld, a Predator gets an email or distress call or something <laughs> that he has to come to Earth and clean up the mess of a crashed Predator ship. Back in Colorado, face huggers that the Predators kept in jars for pets? I don't know why they're there either. But when the ship crashed, the jars broke and face huggers get out and attack a hunter and his son as well as some homeless people in the sewer. And the aliens led by the Pred alien start hunting for pregnant women into whom... <laughs> <laughs> oh my. What the fuck? <laughs> My oh my. <laughs> my oh my. I mean, let's not even finish the summary. Really? Oh, let me let's... finish the summary. Why? Why bother? They didn't finish the movie. It's just a pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so the Pred Alien finds pregnant women that he then or she then impregnates more with more Pred Aliens. I don't know if it's converting the fetuses into Pred Aliens or what. So the Predator comes to town and starts to hunt the aliens and hide all evidence of the Predator and alien presence on Earth. And in this battle, a bunch of townspeople, and, and I mean a bunch of townspeople, like <laughs> way too many fucking people. Let's see. Here's the list I made on my paper. We got the Sheriff Eddie Morales, ex-convict Dallas, Dallas's brother Ricky, Ricky's high school crush Jesse, army pilot Kelly, Kelly's daughter Molly. There's so many people in this town. There are about 10 more, by the way. Yes. <laughs> so the sheriff gets in touch with the National Guard, who says, go to the center of town and we'll air vac you out. But Kelly and Dallas thinks it's a trap. So they decide to go to the hospital where there's a chopper so that they can escape on their own, Kelly being a pilot. 
at the hospital, though, that's where the pred alien went to the maternity ward, of course, to <laughs> impregnate the women. So the predator attacks, the aliens and pred alien fight back, and the convict, Kelly, Kelly's daughter, make it to the chopper and escape the town. And Dallas was right. The National Guard had no plans to rescue the town and instead nukes Colorado. <laughs> Killing everyone in the town, including <laughs> the Predalien and the Predator who were locked in Mortal Kombat. And then in a last mysterious scene, the National Guard leader <laughs> meets up with Miss Yutani <laughs> and delivers her the Predator's gun. And Yutani says, our world is not ready for that technology. And the army guy says, but it's not for our world, is it, Miss Yutani? To never be continued. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for that sequel. Uh, yeah. Oh, God, people. Never. I, I'm telling you, I'm on this podcast, but I will walk off. I will stop being your friend, Arnie. If AVP3 ever comes out and you say I have to see it for this podcast, it's you're dead to me. It's over. Okay, I have a question. What if it was directed by Ridley Scott? I would kill him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a really weird experience watching this movie because the last one, as we talked about in the last podcast, I didn't think it was that bad. It was okay. It wasn't a great movie, but it was enjoyable enough to watch. I knew within the first five minutes of what kind of movie I was getting when the hunter and his son get attacked by the face huggers. And not only do they get attacked, but we actually see the son get the face hugger on him. And then a few minutes later, not only do we see the son see his father have the alien burst out of his stomach, but we actually also see the son have the alien burst out of his stomach. I just knew you'd have a problem with that. I knew too. It was predictable, bro. I'm telling you. <laughs> was, I was just, I can't believe you brought it up in the first two minutes. I said to myself, I cannot believe they're doing this here. There's rules that they don't break in these kinds of movies, and they already broke it right away. And then there's no need to show that. There's no subtlety to this at all. You could have shown the facehugger come towards the screen implying that it gets to the sun. And when no. it gets to the sun, you could have had it burst out of him. You could have heard it see his face. He had to actually see it. Now, of course, you can argue that all you want, that the gore, you got to see the gore. Yes, I, I am going to argue that devil's advocate here, not sure. me. But uh -huh. correct, you're missing the point of this movie. They know, yes, you are. They knew that the PG-13 violence did not sit well with the audience that wanted to see aliens kill predators. And so this movie feels concocted to offend and to let you know early and often that they will kill everyone on screen, no matter who they are. And that's supposed to be daring. They're doing this as a way of letting you know all bets are off. Anyone could get it. It could be the lovely blonde crush. It could be a child, a pregnant woman. Anyone can get it. But really, they just look like assholes. It's like, yeah. you're right. <laughs> you don't care about any of these characters here, and neither do I. Yeah. You have created a town full of miserable suckers that you want to annihilate and shock us with. And all I can say is this has no reflection on people. This has a reflection on you. This is desensitized video game violence at its worst. You have just set up people to be killed, given them literally dozens of people that you can't even keep track of just to die. And it has no impact on us whatsoever at all. I wasn't horrified that the child died. I wasn't impressed either. I just thought, oh. So you just don't care. You just it's don't tasteless. care. It's tasteless. It's no need. Here's my thing on it. I agree with Stuart completely. This was the throwing down the gauntlet. Now, Brock, you saw the unrated version of this. I sure did. So did I. It's the only one I've ever seen. In doing some research, you do not see that chest burster come out of the child in the R-rated cut. Ah. It is in the unrated cut. You mentioned last podcast about how you don't necessarily like unrated cuts. Well, this is why you need to stick with your R rating, I guess. But this was throwing down the gauntlet because even though we all agree, I think the last movie was stupid as shit. What the studio took away from it by reading Internet fanboy boards was it's PG-13 and that sucks. Well, no, the movie sucks. The PG-13 is a byproduct of the movie sucking. And so <laughs> they're like, well, we're going to make this next one a hard R, as hard R as we can make it. And we're going to show you in the first few minutes. And I will admit, I'm watching the scene and I'm like, oh, there's a little kid. And the boy and the dog are always safe. They're always safe. You, Independence Day. You don't mess with a boy and his dog because they'll survive fire in a tunnel. So <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm like, 
shit, they just did that. And they showed it. And even though I was watching the uncut, the fact the face hugger even got the kid, I'm like, well, that's different. (laughs) And so while you may say it's crass and whatnot, to me, it said all bets are off. Anyone can get it. And that worked for me. It actually engaged me on that level. Not that I'm saying, yay, kill kids, but it did get me more invested. And I saw this movie reluctantly. This is the first Predator featuring film I did not see in theaters because the first one burned me so badly. I barely wanted to see this. I decided I'd wait for the DVD and I watched it and I'm watching it reluctantly. And then the kid gets it. I'm like, all right, you got me. I'm going to give you a chance now because you took some risks and people are going to scream, but those aren't the people who should be watching this fucking movie anyway. So you got me. I'm here. And then, of course, they shit that all away. Every bit of goodwill that killing this kid got them from me (laughs) went away in like 30 minutes. Yeah, let me be clear. I kind of agree with you. Killing the kid was an interesting move in the sense that it sets you off balance. And I want to remind everyone Spielberg killed a kid in Jaws, and that was a PG-rated movie. So killing kids is not off-limits. What becomes painfully clear is there is no feeling towards any of the people you are going to see. They would just as soon as kill them as anything. And that's the problem. If you don't establish a rapport with your characters, if you don't make the audiences invested with who's on screen, then it literally just becomes a string of bloodshed. It was my problem with the last one, although they tried to make some of those characters likable. It's really worse here. I didn't think that this was going to be worse than Alien vs. Predator, but it's much worse. What Brock said last time was that you're there to see the alien and the predator. And Stuart, you and I argued that the filmmakers wanted you to care about the humans. Here, I really don't think the filmmakers cared if you cared about the humans. I think in this movie, the hero was the predator. On the set, they called this predator the wolf. They pictured him as the Harvey Keitel character from Pulp Fiction, who you call in to clean up a mess. And so you're supposed to see this predator come in and save the day and root for him, even though he's also evil or ruthless or dangerous or what have you. I'm misguided. I mean, <laughs> can we talk about this character's M.O.? I like the fact that they changed the battle dynamic, that you no longer had a character that was here to hunt. He was here to clean up a bad situation. He wanted to make sure this didn't get on the Internet. Because if it did, they might not be able to hunt there anymore. Is that why he cares? Because I wanted to know why he was so worried. They leave dead bodies hanging upside down in Los Angeles. Well, no, 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 no. This is what I'm getting at. So he's there with a phosphorescent fluid pouring it over any possible evidence that could be traced back to outer space, alien, predator, whatever. And in the meantime, he is skinning deputies and hanging them from the tree. (laughs) Look, if you want to be inconspicuous, I recommend not killing cops. And I want to know why he had to have blue liquid. Why couldn't he just use alien blood? Oh, my God. There's so many problems. Yeah. His whole need for secrecy seems misplaced, given that they used to dominate our planet. Why do they care so much if we find out? It's not like we have the technology to go hunt them. That is the can of worms they opened up with the last movie, is that if this is a superior culture that taught us everything that we knew, you're right. That Being covert, I just took it to mean that they just like to use our world as a training ground for hunting and one of many worlds and that's what makes sense to me is that they come here they don't want it to be a widely known thing that they do this they want to come in kill some people that are worthy and get out that's what he's trying to conceal he does not want the humans to know that this is what they do because i don't know what then you're gonna know when you hear that chirping sound in a tree that the predators are here i don't know i would have honestly preferred it if they just made it he came for the big hunt because a pred alien's a bad motherfucker versus he's here to clean up and cover up this whole movie raises more questions than it answers let's take it back a step we see the predator homeworld barely yeah but this opens some bad doors for me we've always seen the predator in a certain light right but now i see their homeworld i'm like so are there predator architects 
who are in it for the thrill of the build. Predator electricians? Are there Predator software analysts who designed the countdown algorithm for the countdown nuke? How does Predators get technology? They don't really seem too into research. No, they are. I, I mean, that's where they were going. If we are to give any credence to the last movie, they are builders. That was the whole thing, was that they were the ones with the knowledge to build a pyramid. Humans could never have figured that out if they hadn't come down and enslaved us. I guess that's what makes the Predator so cool is his technology, but it also is so anachronistic. Yeah, I don't understand why they haven't moved beyond pyramids and designed something cooler. I also don't understand that he gets the call that, uh uh-oh, something went bad, wrong, and Earth, and, like, he's there in a matter of hours. How far away is this planet? Like, how does he get there this quickly? He gets 0.5 past light speed. <laughs> it may not look like much, but it's got it where it counts. I did like, though, that when the wolf shows up on the planet, they have a scene of him getting dropped off at school, just like out of the first one. It's not the whole ship. I don't understand how that works. There's a mother ship, and then there's the little pod thing, and then the pod thing drops off, like, something else right there's three things that's one of the weird differences between the unrated cut and the rated cut in the rated cut the whole movie there's no mothership it's just the small ass ship above earth crashes when the predalien gets loose then people were complaining wait that's the wrong ship it was a much bigger ship in the last movie so they redid all of the cgi and added scenes so that it's the mothership and now a little lander fires off here's actually what i thought that the predalien was smart and that he actually piloted that ship to fly away. Because otherwise, why would the ship leave a dock just because a Predalien was killing people on it? There was not even a pull of the lever. I mean, they give you no indication that that ship would become disengaged from the mothership and crash into Earth. That's because they filmed nothing. They just did some CGI. It, it really does make no sense because I could kind of understand why they might have face huggers on their ship that they travel around in, but not on their landing craft. Yeah, it's horrible. Horrible, horrible setup. Already, you know, really, for lots of different reasons, this is going to be a bumpier ride. Absolutely. And when the Mr. Wolf character, I thought Batman the entire time. He does kind of do the investigation thing. He's doing chemical analyses and he has the belt full of tools that he can pull out and do all these cool shit with. Yeah, I'm thinking Batman. And that was pretty neat. I liked that aspect of it. But yeah. The only one I liked is that he could take face plates of other Predators and replay footage that they saw before they died. That was, that was kind cool. of a new reveal. That was the first time they've shown us in any of these Predator sequels something that I haven't seen before that I thought, wow, that is something new. You've told me something new. Here's something funny. That's also only in the unrated version. In the original, he he just sees it in the email he gets on the Predator homeworld. In the unrated version, he puts on the helmet. Oh, my God. While we're talking about the cool gadgets, I did like the cool laser net. I do like the net, too. That was cool. I can't wait for that in Alien vs. Predator 4, the video game, where I can set those traps for my alien enemies to run into. Yeah, he shoots them into it, and they fall apart in the pieces. I thought that was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So the Predator was carrying... Again, I gotta go back to this. The Predators carry facehuggers around, just in case? If they did that, why do they need the eggs and the queen to lay the eggs? I mean, it's aggravating. You read all the comics, Arnie. Remind me, the way I remember the original issue is they have eggs that they just pour over a landscape knowing that one of the eggs is going to hatch a queen and that it'll attach itself to a cow or whatever and bursting out of that will be a queen and it will just naturally start the whole idea is that the alien is a biological weapon that is an idea carrying on from the second movie on is that you just introduce aliens into any environment and you're going to have a problem very very quickly because they can adapt and they can get you and they can survive anything and they can overrun and you don't have to manufacture reasons you don't have to plant frozen queens in the underground pyramid to get this madness going in the original comic the dark horse presents short one the predators actually have like some kind of tractor that drops eggs yeah and waits for something and then in the mini series the original mini series there's just eggs out there and it hatched a queen i don't think the predators knew it would hatch a queen i think that actually is one of the reasons why the predators had such a problem that time is because it was a queen you're right you're fine as long as it isn't queen it's containable but if you get one that can lay more eggs than you've poured onto the landscape you're in trouble Mm-hmm. I was curious why the alien facehuggers in the forest, which is populated with tons and tons of animals, 
didn't use any animals to get those aliens to pop out of. Why on earth didn't we see a deer get it or a dog or something else? If you're already showing kids getting these things happening to them, <laughs> why didn't we see a squirrel get it? Something. Well, I think a squirrel might be too small, but the deer would have been good. I can give you an answer to this. It would have cost money. It would have cost money to redesign because one of the things you learn in Alien 3 is that it takes the physiology of whatever it attaches to. In that movie, a facehugger does attach itself to a non-human and when it emerges, it does look different from any alien we've seen before. I think that if they did that with forest creatures, you would have to show us Aliens that look like deer, aliens that look like bears, aliens that look like hummingbirds. You would have to do that. And they didn't have the money for this. I mean, they got an alien costume. They stapled some dreadlocks onto it and they gave them a couple mandibles up front. And that's it. That's the new thing. That's what you're going to get. That's all we're spending money for. Everything else we're reusing. Right. That's the fascinating thing about Alien is that it really can adapt to whatever it attaches itself to. It's a cool quality, but that's to answer your question. They just didn't have the budget for this thing. Oh, this and movie God- looked it looked like a guy was wearing a suit the whole time. Last movie, it, although it was done on the cheap, it didn't look as obvious that everything was practical and the CGI was terrible in the last movie. But in this one, it just everything looked like men in rubber suits. Like a- well, can I ask you guys a question? Was this movie really dark with you guys was it hard to see what the hell was going on on screen because let me tell you the first time i watched this movie i watched all the way up to the swimming pool scene and i turned it off because i couldn't see i couldn't see what the fuck was on the screen and i'm sitting there like squinting and i've got a pretty nice home theater setup i see every other movie perfect this one i can't see And finally, I turn it off. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to up the brightness. And I go back the next night and I up the brightness. And I had to do it again this time. And that's what reminded me. I have to up the brightness about 10 levels on my screen to see shit. And I think it's because they tried to hide how bad everything looks. And in doing a couple Googles, this disc is dark for a lot of people, too. Did you guys have any problems physically seeing what was on the screen i absolutely uh, did and I, I was watching it on my computer monitor and i thought it was the problem with the monitor and so i really had a problem with it so much so that when they're in the sewers and the predator breaks out and goes up to the surface and then the predator does it also i rewound it three times because i thought well, wait a minute, didn't the Predator already go through the street? You can't tell who's where. Yeah, I had the exact same problem with that. I didn't care why. I was like, this is baloney that this is so, so dark. So, yeah, I'm with you. Yes, the movie is dark, it's underlit, and it is the classic signs of an underfunded project. This movie is just cheap on every level. I mean, there's no star quality to anyone in this cast. I really think they designed the Predalien. And that was the only new money they spent. And everything else was like, if it's in the warehouse, we use it. If we have to build it, forget it. It really feels like raiding the special effects prop shop for whatever is going to work. And there's no love in this movie for the audience. It is completely a cash grab. It did, according to Wikipedia, have about two-thirds the budget of the last one. And the last one only had 60. And whoever knows, those figures are... eh, They're adjustable. Let me put it that way. I do have a real problem. All right, We are in the Colorado woods. Beautiful, by the way. I did like the location, just as a nature shot. I was just like, oh, this is lovely if you are homeless in colorado in rural colorado why are you living in a sewer (laughs) why would you like no i could live in a tree and eat natural fruit and all of that no i'd much rather crawl away from the sunlight and live in a dank new york style sewer which i'm sure does not exist in colorado at all you could just walk into the sewer too it had like a ground level entrance there's no reason if you're homeless in colorado that you would squirrel away in a rotten sewer with like shit literally rivers of shit running by you like it was <laughs> absurd but of course they have to set an environment in which the aliens can feed on a bunch of people and then set up the cool alien layer and so that's the excuse we're given and in so much of this it's like we got to give them what you want and we're going to come up with the thinnest excuse for why we're doing it i really wish that they had picked a main character i didn't like her but i knew alexa was the main character of the last movie. 
Could you tell me who this quote-unquote human star is supposed to be? I can't because the guy gets picked up by the cop and they have some sort of relationship which never really is fully explained. And then we meet the brother and we go off on his adventure. And then, you're right, it hops around. Then we have the army wife come home. It seems so disconnected. At one point, everyone was in the diner. And I'm like, oh, okay, so that's how they're all going to connect all these stories. Yeah, that didn't happen either. So I agree. It seemed really weird that none of these people were the lead characters until the end of the movie. It wasn't entirely clear who was going to survive and who wasn't. Like when the blonde girl got it late in the movie, I was like, oh, they actually killed her? I thought she was going to be one of the survivors because we spent so much time with her throughout this movie. But of course, she has some of the signs of being fodder for these kinds of movies. But they threw the rules out earlier in the movie. I figured she was going to survive. Well, Brock, last podcast, you said Alien versus Predator was like a Michael Crichton novel. I really think that the people writing this were going for a Stephen King feel mm. with the small town and the sheriff, especially. You know, it's Colorado instead of Maine. All these townspeople who kind of know each other a little and live in the same small mountain town. And the sheriff is the heart of it all. I felt like they were trying to emulate King and his ensemble cast that he's done time and time and time again, Needful Things, The Stand. Okay, Sleep. yeah, that, that works. I thought they were trying for that, but what King does successfully is have a likable main character in it, usually the sheriff himself. Here, the sheriff is an idiot. We're supposed to be rooting for this ex-con. Can you explain why the sheriff is playing second banana to a, an ex-con who we never learn his backstory? We never know why he went to jail. Nothing. It's just the sheriff is tagging along with him. I don't understand that. I'm like, get rid of the sheriff. This is either about the sheriff or it's about the ex-con coming home. And if an ex-con is coming home and this is his first day back, you don't have another story of a woman coming back from Iraq for the first time in how many years. That's why it felt like King to me, is it had so much of this shit going on, and you wait for it to all tie together, and it really doesn't is the problem here. It absolutely doesn't. Here's my honest theory on this. I think that they originally were going to go with the mom coming home to her broken family, a daughter that doesn't know her anymore, and would remind people of Sigourney Weaver and Newt and that whole family dynamic from the movie everyone loved, Aliens, and that somewhere in the meeting, somebody said, eh, but where are the teenagers? This movie's for teenagers. We want teenagers. And it ended up being some slasher movie thing with the brother of an ex-convict and his friends who beat him up because he's a pizza delivery boy. Just terrible. Like, we've never had, I'd like to point out, in either Aliens or Predator, these kinds of stock teenage slasher movie characters before. Why would they go this route except that they knew that this is who their audience was? This is who they were pitching it to. This is where the series had fallen by this point. Yeah, it's just a shame that they went that way. Not only that, remember last time I said some of the actors, they came to play and I felt that they were bringing things to it. I got one after another, bland line reading, dead eyes, stock ways to see these lines, these horrible cliched lines anyway. But I actually felt no connection to any of the characters, not only because a screenplay didn't give it to me, but the actors didn't give me a reason to connect to them either. It was just a shame. I just, there's nothing here. Nothing. Here's the thing. Horror movies so often work on isolation and seclusion and having a limited number of people in an extreme environment and you pick them off one by one. And by having it a town of 10,000 people or whatever, suddenly you just have way too many people wandering into the shot. I mean, they have a nuclear power plant powering this small town. So I know that there's enough population here that this is not isolated. Even if it's a small town in the woods, there is tens of thousands of people here. And that does not work well with the horror dynamic. That does not work well for a town besieged. If that's the case, you needed to have hundreds of aliens running around and the sense that hundreds of people were being infected, that it was a real epidemic going on. The other thing is, it's not like this movie didn't have enough going on with a pred-alien, aliens, predator trying to clean up after them. We didn't need all of the personal drama. The brother relationship, the two old friends, one is a con, one's a cop, the boy and the girlfriend in high school, the army mom and her family. We didn't need all of that. And I would have rather had one focal character 
with one great story and some minor secondary characters. That's what this one did. I will give them this. They did try to get Adam Baldwin back from Predator 2 to play the National Guard guy who says go to the center of town to try to tie the films to the Predator films. But Adam Baldwin was too busy off doing Firefly or Serenity or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'd love to do it. I'd love to do your horrible piece of shit. But this scheduling conflict, they can't get Adam Baldwin. Excuse me. Excuse me? <laughs> he knew. Even he could smell the stink coming off of this one. Who wrote this? Are, have they written anything else? It's a shocker. It's a shocker. This person, his name's Shane Salerno. He works on movies that go through lots of hands, so it's hard to know his fingerprints from anybody else. He worked on Armageddon. He worked on that Shaft reboot. He's involved with the James Cameron project. He's involved with the guy that did Paranormal Activity on some project. He is known for some spec scripts that have never gotten made that are apparently good. And he was listed by Details Magazine as being one of the top 30 under 30 in Hollywood power players. They cited him as being a great writer. So all I can think of is that he took an enormous amount of pay and whipped something out in an evening. It really feels that way because it it feels unprofessional. It feels like a college student draft where they don't know how to structure a story and balance character. Structure. I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. They don't even know the rules. The last movie, I didn't like it a lot. But I know that it followed rules. I know that they saw aliens and aliens a lot of times and emulated how to set up the same dynamic in a pyramid in Antarctica. Here, they don't <laughs> look like they know what they're doing. Oh, well, I'll just have another character walk in and they'll get killed. And then their friend will come to pick them up and then they'll get killed. That's not how it's done. That is mass chaos. A movie is about following characters that change over time. And we need to have a sense of focus. We need to root for certain people. And we need to have the idea a forward momentum and here it just feels scattered this really felt like a fanboy script to me because the humans yeah it felt really ridiculous with the number of characters but man did they die in some cool ways <laughs> the predator shooting the alien in the head so the alien's acid kills the team jock that was a cool kill you know it just seemed like though it was so trying to pander in that way but it did deliver and at no point is this movie as forehead slappingly stupid as the premise and setup of the last one and at least the town doesn't change shape wait, uh, it's wait, not wait, as wait. absurd arnie i agree that the movie is not as absurd in the premise that it's putting forth the writing is worse much worse this is a much worse movie than alien versus predator it is more badly written but it never hits the depth that the last one did. Yeah, it doesn't go for the conspiracy, which is the idea that predators enslaved us. And uh, they don't put forth anything that blatantly absurd. I guess if that's a compliment, that's my compliment to you, Requiem. Congratulations. Uh. <laughs> I will stop there because I feel like what little was enjoyable about the last movie, which was almost nothing for me, is completely gone now. Besides the nets that we mentioned earlier, toys that the Predator had, I didn't find the kills all that memorable. You're saying you enjoyed the kills more because they had really great kills. I'm struggling right now to figure out a few that I like. This is, is this the one where the stoners get their heads blown off, clean off their heads. Yeah, that was funny, actually. I, I, that got a chuckle out of me. That was funny. There were so many kills, it's hard to say how they averaged, but there were more memorable human deaths in this one for me than in the last one. Bad. There were more humans. I think that's just by the law of average that would be the case. Uh, I'll tell you what bugged me about this. The alien design, all right, it has a beautiful biomechanical look to it, and it creates a secretion that it uses for a layer that's camouflage. When you have that alien outside of that camouflage... I would think it's pretty obvious to see, but you would have scenes of the <laughs> National Guard walking up to a car, tapping on the windshield, and literally right next to him, an alien stepping up, and like you didn't see that massive corrugated lump in a curl ball like that didn't draw your attention at all. I know the power's out, but even in moonlight, you would notice the giant corrugated ball slithering next to you. 
it was absurd that you're going to take the alien out of its world and put him in Colorado woods and people aren't going to be able to notice until it's too late. You ruined a beautiful thing about the alien series and the way that it's able to hide and ducks and mechanical works and grid works. It's always great in that. You put it in a natural environment and it looks absurd. The aliens get the short shaft in this movie. Totally. And Stuart, I feel bad for you as the alien fan because really the aliens barely are in this. It's Predator versus Pred-Alien. It's not Alien versus Predator. And the Pred-Alien, I guess it's more alien than Predator. Like I said, I, I, I identify it as an alien suit with some mandibles in the front and some dreadlocks. So to me, that was the alien. But it's as much Predator as Alien, I suppose. And it's smarter. I do think it's got its own agenda. It can find its way to a hospital, at the very least, <laughs> and, and and work its way into a, to the nursery. But I don't know. What did you guys think of Predalien, the whole idea of it? They built the movie around a hybrid. You're fond of telling us about... Uh, cliches or things they do in sequels to up the ante it's right out of other movies that they do this they have to have the big bad was that last time we have to make something even worse and this time they make a hybrid combination so in that tradition i didn't mind it at all i had trouble seeing it i didn't really follow completely i did pick up it was smarter i was calling it the queen i didn't realize it was not a queen it was a predalien but then again, it kind of had aspects of the queen, right? I didn't really It's much care. smaller than the queen, though. Well, fair enough. But it lays eggs. It does. Well, yeah. can well, we talk about that? I don't understand that at all. When I originally saw this movie, I just want to put this out there. I didn't see it in theaters. I had no desire to rent it, whatever. I was in a work environment with a free copy lying around, sitting next to a TV. I was literally being paid to watch this movie. And I turned it off. When we got to the scene of the Predalien coming in, there's all these women about to give birth. I'm like, this is a small town. And like, they got a full house of all these women and it comes up to one, latches onto her face and up chucks a bunch of creatures down her throat. I'm done. If you're going to shit on my series with that much disrespect for intellect and anything that's happened before, I'm really done with you. And if I had not been forced to see this movie by you, Arnie, I would have never, <laughs> ever gotten through Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Not like I put a gun to your head. You kind of did. Stuart, I was at that point also with the pregnant women in the, in the ward. I wanted to turn the movie off as well. But I had to continue for this podcast. I was ready. That I was done at that point, And I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. But was it because of the movie or was it because now pregnant women are getting killed, kids were getting killed, and that just offends you on a personal level? It doesn't matter. At this point, the movie, it was a bad movie. It was bad acting. It was a waste of my time. And then it went beyond tasteless of killing that kid in the forest. It went there with the pregnant women. So, yes, a whole combination of factors. It shouldn't matter why my reason is. At this point, I was completely done. It matters for the same reason you asked Stuart last podcast. Are you not able to judge this movie as an alien fan or are you not able to judge this movie as the movie? Well, I'm asking you the same thing is did it just offend your sensibilities to such a point that you can no longer judge this film on its merits? Merits? There are, <laughs> there are no merits here, Arnie. The thing is this. The movie was bad. So when they went tasteless in the beginning of the movie, I'm like, they went too far. They didn't have to go. They could have the exact same thing and not shown it blatantly that way. I don't think that they can kill the kid in the beginning of the movie to show us that this is a different kind of movie. But the way they did it in the version I saw was, I thought, unnecessary. So to do it here with the pregnant ladies, I thought, okay, that's what they're doing. But then it's just at that point in the movie, it was so stupid and so dumb also it just at that point, I'm like, I've had enough of this. I don't want to watch this anymore. I don't care how it ends. It was a combination of everything, Arnie. It doesn't have to be exclusive in this situation. At that point, when he went, he actually found a way and he actually found the pregnant women. No other women in the world could have done this for him. It had to be the pregnant women. That doesn't make any sense to me. And, I and think because it eats the babies. I, if he could just create birth. He could just spit them out anywhere he goes and they could run around. Does it mutate the fetus? I think it goes down the throat, finds its way somehow to the child and eats it and then comes out. I guess. I can only imagine. I mean, I don't know why it would hunt pregnant women. I yeah, just, I don't. I mean, if it was just wanting a snack, it could go into anybody. And I guess the reason why it latched into the face is it was like a face hugger now. I don't know. I'm reaching for things I don't even want to touch. Maybe this is how predators breed exactly we don't yeah. know enough about the predators mating habits to even True. know and
and that is a part of the problem with the whole matchup to begin with. We don't know enough about Predator to be on its side, to be invested the way that we are with Alien. You talk about this writing not being as bad as the first one, or at least outlandishly bad, but I, there are still so many plot holes and crazy things. They're in an armored tank vehicle, okay? The survivors have gotten to an armored tank vehicle, and they have somehow deduced out of thin air, because I guess she's an Iraq war veteran, and that makes her cynical about people that make decisions in power, that they're not going to get airlifted. They're going to get a bomb dropped on them. She literally just figures that out out of nothing. Well, the clue was they were sent to an illogical location. In the middle of town, rather than where everyone lives and where the people are. She said something about armies always worried about containment, not anything else. That's what they dropped. So... I figured she said what Arnie just says, like they go to center. If we had known anything about what she had done in Iraq, maybe we could have followed that logic, but it's completely illogical here. And so they're in this tank thing and they decide we have to get into a helicopter. And they go, there's two helicopters in this town. There's one at the news agency and there's one at the hospital. Well, the news agency's too far. We have to go into the middle of town to the hospital that's covered in aliens. I mean, that's just horrible writing. Why don't you just drive away? Way. Why are you? Why are you <laughs> she's the only one that can fly a chopper. I assume anybody there could drive the vehicle. Like, why are you trying to get into a helicopter? And the reason is so they can say the Arnold line, get to the chopper. I mean, that's literally how bad this writing is, is that we have to have a chopper because that happened before. So we'll create this incredibly implausible situation in which people, rather than helping themselves, find themselves trapped at a monster run hospital trying to get to a helicopter on the roof i mean really really yeah yeah yeah. i can't argue with you i mean would it have at least made more sense if some of these people had been hurt in a hospital and the hospital got overrun and you had aliens and predators in the hospital and they're trying to get to the chopper in the roof once you have an armored vehicle delivered to you at your gun shop you're really <laughs> going to fight your way to the hospital because they're going to nuke the whole thing. And you are driving as fast as you can out of town, and I don't know why the military wouldn't be helping you facilitate that. Well, we didn't talk about the titty shot that didn't happen. There was a titty shot? No, there wasn't. They had a hot blonde girl get the guy to the pool, and then he gets interrupted inexplicably by her ex-boyfriend who shows up out of the blue, and then the aliens happen to arrive at the swimming pool, too. But yeah. I- I was thinking of all movies to have nudity for nudity's sake, this one probably would have been one of them. And yet they didn't even do that right. I'm not saying we need that. I just thought, wow, they couldn't even get blatant nudity for nudity's sake in this movie. They're at that level. I don't know why they just didn't tell a story about teenagers running away from predators and aliens. I don't know why it would involve any adults. This is not written for adults. Adults aren't going to watch this. Yeah, I just feel like you are trying to make a B-movie monster movie. Why not just stick with the one pizza delivery boy, his girlfriend, (laughs) and get rid of all of that other nonsense? Get rid of the Iraq vet and the mom and the sheriff and the ex-con brother. And we don't like them. We don't need them. You have to pay them as a producer. Scrap it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, if you're trying to save money, just make it a teen slash movie were either of you disappointed in the fact that it ends in like a stalemate i'm furious i cannot even believe that you're gonna set this up as a matchup between alien versus predator and how who wins nobody because we blew them all up everybody the humans (laughs) the aliens the predator boom the end i mean that is as cheap as it comes i mean you at least have to have a victor it wouldn't be too much to have a likable character be the one that enacts the defeat maybe but i, I could have gone if badass predator had beat predalien or however they would wanted to do it but to have them just drop a bomb and kill everyone <laughs> is is the worst it's the worst writing i mean you talk about unprofessional writing that is the kind of thing i would expect to find in a creative writing 101 high school class that is as sophomoric and unsophisticated as you could possibly in this movie only to be topped with an inscrutable coda in which mrs <laughs> unami or whatever gets a gun <laughs> So, Arnie Stewart, do you recommend Alien vs. Predator Requiem? Stewart, 
God. I've been working on what it feels like to watch this movie. I mean, I was trying to think if I was a Chicago Bulls fan, it would be like getting season tickets to see Michael Jordan in his baseball career. Or if I was a Star Wars fan, waiting up all night to see the midnight showing of Clone Wars. I'm trying to think of how bad you would feel as an Aliens fan watching this and watching your hero just desecrated. There are no words. It is a requiem. They're right about that. It's dead. I want nothing to do with this series. I would rather have no more Alien ever again than to risk having to suffer through something like this again. We've probably seen worse movies, but I've never enjoyed watching a movie less for now playing. Arnie. When I first watched this those two times when it first came out on Blu-ray, I thought, you know, this movie kind of sucks, but it's better than the first AVP. Having watched them now back to back. No, no, it's not. It is worse. It's worse in very different ways, but it is far, far worse. I'm not going to go as far down on it as Stuart does. I think it's got some things going for it. I don't think it looked as cheap as you guys say it did in places. But then again, I could barely see the fucking thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do have a problem with that production value. And I don't know, maybe my disc got a bad transfer. I mean, everybody's disc got a bad transfer. It could be a bad run. There's been known to be bad runs of discs and then they remaster it later. But I didn't think it looked all that bad. I liked the idea of the Predator cleanup crew, even though it doesn't make sense why they would do it. I like the idea of the Pred Alien, which is straight out of the comics and the video games, finally being brought to the screen. I mean, there was a Pred Alien long before there was Alien vs. Predator 1. I like seeing the realization of that on screen, even though I don't really get why it was such a badass and why it had to find pregnant women. I like that they tried to take risks. They tried to do things here. Uniformly, they failed. <laughs> I don't recommend it, but I applaud their ambition. <laughs> wow. That's what you call it, ambition. I don't recommend this movie. I think I've been pretty clear about this this whole time. I did not enjoy this movie at all. The last one, I was able to have fun with it. It's a bad movie, the last one, but I had fun with it. And I went along for the ride and whatever, 140 minutes later, I was fine. This one was painful to watch because it was so bad and it's just not any fun. And it keeps getting worse. And then it, all the fun was sucked dry out of this. And it's just a shame. No, I don't recommend it, and I'm really happy they're not doing any more of these, and I don't ever want to watch this one again, ever. I am done with Alien vs. Predator, as far as I'm concerned. I'm done with Predator! I'm telling you, if this new movie is not at least mediocre, this will be the worst now-playing series I have ever served on, because they have given us three shitstorms in a row. I hated <laughs> Predator 2, and I hated the last movie, and I hated this one, and I liked the first Predator but not enough to endure this. So if we end on a sour note, if this next one is not good, I'm literally going to declare this my least favorite series ever. Brock's summary reminded me of the line in Billy Madison. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened <laughs> to it. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> nice pull, man. That's great. Yeah, you're right. But hey, you know what? Predators is coming up and despite the blight, of the past three movies, I'm excited. The trailers are looking good. Topher Grace is in it, and I can forgive him for Spider-Man 3. I I'm excited. Why don't you want to see it first before I forgive him for Spider-Man 3? I know that isn't Adrian Brody in this too? Yes. So, like, Adrian Brody and Topher Grace is all I know it's in it. I don't think I've ever seen a commercial or a trailer for it yet either. because Danny Trejo's in it. You guys Every are blowing off Larry Fishburne. He's the star. Oh, there you go. I thought it was Adrian Brody was the star. Well, I don't know. Larry's the one that eats and uh, Adrian's the one that doesn't. I can't tell who's the star, but they both get featured heavily. Cool. And, you know, that's great. I like those two actors. Fine. And I'm Topher Grace, I liked him on that 70s show. And he did a Dennis Quaid movie I actually kind of liked, liked him in, too. And I have no idea what it's really about. So you know what? I'm looking forward to a fresh new story. It cannot be as bad as that we just watched here. So we know that going in. It's going to be kind of fun to see a Predator movie for the first time with you guys, because I kind of feel like I'm catching up a little bit this whole series. I'm going in with high hopes. I can't believe that they're high. I am. I really am. I really love the Predator concept. I think he's only been executed well in film once, and it was mild then, but I think there's a lot of promise to this character. And 
Robert Rodriguez has never let me down except for the faculty. Are you really going to tell me you like Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl? Well, that's not for me, and I didn't watch it. Okay. I did like the three Spy Kids. So if you enjoy this podcast, please go to our website, www.nowplayingpodcast.com, and download other entries in this series or any other series we have there. We have a whole bunch of different series that we've done, like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Back to the Future, a whole slew of them. You can find them all there at www.nowplayingpodcast.com. Also, there are links to our Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter at NowPlayingPod. And you can also find a link to our forums where you can discuss this and other movies that we talk about with other fans just like yourself. And if you like this series or Now Playing as a whole, please go to iTunes and leave us a positive review. That way other people can find us and join in the fun with us and we can continue to bring other retrospective series to you in the very near future. And don't forget, Stuart, you and I are going to be at the Yard House at San Diego Comic-Con, 7 p.m. on Saturday. Have a Now Playing shirts. We're going to have an exclusive Now Playing review you can only get if you come to the Yard House. And I cannot wait to deliver that. It's going to be good, people. We've made a choice decision. We said, what was a movie that is really going to entertain us and entertain you guys? And we found it. It's great. Yeah, I think you're going to appreciate that podcast. So come down, take a listen. We'll, you don't have to listen right there, of course. We'll give you a CD, you know, one of those... <laughs> old style media discs that you have to actually put in a computer but it's gonna be good come to the yard house we'll have a good time we'll have a beer we'll talk about predators and and everything you guys are seeing at comic-con i'm excited just to see what's new and hopefully better stuff than what we've been getting this summer i've, I've got to say I've, I've not been too thrilled with uh, summer 2010 and we will talk to you all when we reconvene for predators Thank you for joining us for this episode in the Predator Retrospective Series. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Just like me. Please come back to NowPlayingPodcast.com each week from now through July 10th to get a new episode of this series. Come on in, you fuckers. Come on in. Also at NowPlayingPodcast.com, you can download our podcasts where we cover such movie series as Terminator, Star Trek, Back to the Future, Friday the 13th, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and more. This is getting better than a minute. Now Playing is not affiliated with 20th Century Fox. Alien and Predator are copyright and trademarked 20th Century Fox, all rights reserved, and no infringement is intended. I don't think he gives a shit. Now Playing is a production of Inganza Media Incorporated, copyright 2010, all rights reserved. I ain't got time to breathe. The now playing Predator Retrospective series is edited by Arnie and Jay. I wouldn't wish that on a broke dick dog. At the hospital, though, that's where the Predalien went to the maternity ward, of course, to <laughs> impregnate the women. How smart of him. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I, I hate it when that happens. You know, I, I work at a hospital. They play a little song every time a baby's born. Do you think they play bum, 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 every time a Predalien <laughs> is born? Uh, l- l- uh, living organisms, not in an egg. Okay. Like, you don't need an egg. It'll just vomit into your mouth, and the things will go down and eat your Okay, fetuses. so the Pred Alien will feed her. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah.